The Fanny Mechanic Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep and open up about women's health. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Fanny Mechanic Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash, and this episode is proudly brought to you by City Fertility, global leaders in fertility and IVF. This week, we dive into how we can support women going through IVF. We go deep with Kit Peters, the founder of Together We Wait. Kit opens up about her solution-focused online community, which supports and brings together women going through IVF. This community is all about fostering connections, encouraging curiosity, and creating clarity in the IVF process. Kit is a former patient of mine, and she has taught me so much about how I, as a fertility doctor, can help women going through IVF simply by just connecting women to other women through letting them know about Together We Wait. In her own experience in IVF, Kit found there was a real lack of connection, mental and emotional support during the IVF process. Since 2016, Kit has connected with many women in IVF who have felt the same lack of support. Thus, the Together We Wait community was created as a solution to that problem. Kit believes that support must first begin with women in IVF supporting one another, and the Together We Wait community provides such a beautiful place for women to connect and support one another during IVF. In this episode, we bring up a lot of C words and why they are pivotal to surviving and thriving through IVF. C words like curiosity, compassion, connections, conversations, community. Kit shares stories about the women she has met and brings up some really interesting perspectives like looking for the joy in IVF. Kit is a true champion for women going through the most intense of fertility treatments. Please join us for an event she has organized for October 2020. More in this episode on that. I hope you enjoy our chat. Kit Peters of Together We Wait. Welcome. It's been a long time coming, this talk between you and me, hasn't it? It certainly has. Thanks for having me, Tash. Yeah, I wanted to go into depth about Together We Wait because I know you've got a lot to offer. And I wanted us to go right back to the beginning and to ask you, why did you start Together We Wait? Well, I actually didn't really know my why in the beginning. It's become more clear to me now over time as Together We Wait's evolved. But essentially, I started Together We Wait based on sharing my own story and my own personal experience in IVF. And I actually, I connected by sharing my own story more publicly, I connected with a lady called Marnie Vale and we started Together We Wait together back in 2016. And Marnie and I met up at a business tick event. And um, after she just reached out to me actually on Facebook and said, Kit, I completely agree with you. I think we need to support one another through this. And I just had made that comment after I shared my own experience that I thought that it would be beneficial for me to talk to another person going through this. And so I connected with Marnie and you know what? I just 
I felt so much comfort after meeting her and talking to her. And her and I actually went through a really similar experience in our IVF journey. And after meeting with Marnie, I felt understood. I mm. felt really understood. And that was why I started Together We Wait with Marnie. And um, we just thought, you know, there's no better feeling in this what is a very challenging time to have a conversation with someone and they say to you, I understand, I get it. And, you know, I actually think it means more than the words I love you. It's just, it's so powerful to know that you're understood. And what event, what Business Chicks event was that? Business Chicks runs good events. They always bring people together, don't they? They do. They're amazing. Um, so that was an event. It was out of, I think it was um, at Carriage Works actually in mm-hmm. 2016. And so, who were you seeing? Was there anyone big that you were seeing talk? Um, actually, Tash, I think you were there. You oh. Were talking. Oh, really? You had a little, yeah, I think you had a little gathering there oh. and you were talking about. Um, Oh like yeah, God! I remember now. That was a long time. I know. I know exactly the event. Yes, it was a big event. You? Yeah, it yeah. was like full of little stalls, and it yeah. was. It was actually a great weekend. I think it was a weekend full of events, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I can't even remember who I saw talk there, mm. other than you, because I, you weren't my doctor yet, but I was with Janae, and I thought, oh a specialist from from Janaea and I can't remember who 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 I even saw all I remember is that conversation with Marnie and how much it transformed and changed my journey in IVF and and has you know and as a result has changed many women's journeys and experiences so did you want to share your your story with us today um yeah, I can, but I prefer, like, I feel like I've spoken about it a lot and my journey started with, you, you know, being vulnerable about going through IVF with my now ex-husband mm. and, you know, I feel like my story is that I was a woman in IVF and I know what it's like to have have been through the process I know what it's like to have a non-viable transfer I know what it's like to feel all those feelings of sadness that come about when people tell you that they're pregnant or you feel disconnected and isolated from friends that are having those experiences in your life in their lives um so yeah that's my story my story started with my own experience, but it's now very much about Together We Wait and about the community. And um, personally, I right now I'm single and I don't have a child, um, which is actually really quite beautiful because I have time to give to this community. So I would really love to talk about the community, to be honest. <laughs> okay, sure. Right, let's go for it. What I, what I like okay. about um, 
about your whole ethos is there's lots of C's. I've noticed that you talk about like curiosity, compassion, connections, mm. conversations, community. Tell us, tell us about Together We Wait, the community. Sure. So at the moment, um, well, actually, back in 2016, the community started as meetups and they were in person and very informal. Um, however, over the years, it's kind of evolved. And actually, in recent times, so in October last year, I launched an online community, which is brought to life by an app called Mighty Networks, which is an amazing, easy to use platform. Um, and essentially, the women in the community online now are starting to really get to know one another and forming those friendships based on the shared understanding of the lived experience of what it is like to go through IVF. Um, and it's just so beautiful to see that evolution evolve. Um, and, you know, in terms of how the community works online, there's kind of, we've got community commitments, which is like listen actively and respond with compassion to one another, um, maintain confidentiality and privacy. And then the number one rule that I like to reiterate and is what really distinguishes Together We Wait as a, a place of change and transformation in IVF rather than, you know, sometimes Facebook forums and things like that can be quite uh, a rabbit hole. Mm. Um, so one of the main rules is that if you're going to share something on the platform, on the network to, with everyone, follow up what you're sharing with a question. And this is where the curiosity piece comes into it because it's Can you give us an about, example of that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So for last week we were talking about um, how to remain positive in IVF and someone posted up how, you know, feelings around um, pregnancy announcements from friends and it feels like they're surrounded by super fertile people all the time falling pregnant and she followed that up with a question about um, how do you remain positive when you fit, when you're surrounded by this news all the time and you feel really isolated and then there were so many great pearls of wisdom which I can share with you yes please um, I think that's a great so, question how do you remain yeah. positive yeah so um, one which I loved was to ex and this this theme comes back a lot actually in conversations that I've had over the years with women and um, with myself too mm. and actually it started for me personally with a conversation I had with my auntie but one of the ladies actually shared this last week and she said that you can actually accept that you can have more than one feeling and emotion at once and that means that you can share joy for someone else's news and feel that deeply, joy that they're pregnant for them and sadness for yourself at the same time. Mm, like and that. neither one of those feelings are mutually exclusive. And I think sometimes we get into this pattern too of judging 
ourselves for feeling sad when we hear news like that. Um, but upon reflection, it's often that you feel sad for your own grief and your own loss there. And it's 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 not it's not that you don't feel joy for the other person. Um, and then another one was like focusing on the positive feelings within you, um, releasing control and allowing yourself to be and surrendering to the process. Um, one was one that I, got, I gave was protecting your energy and saying no to events and circumstances that may trigger you if something's really raw and fresh. Mm. Um, and then another lady said choosing um, wisely who you share your journey with. Maybe just pick one or two people to share with, especially if you're going through it in real time, um, a cycle. That way you're not discussing it with many people and it's not, it doesn't feel like it's all consuming in your life and that you can focus on other things. Um, and then another takeaway from um, another lady which I actually love and is a premise of Together We Wait, which is remember you are not alone in this. Um, yeah, and obviously connect with other women that get it and understand. So it's mainly, it's only just women, this group, or is it their partners? Yeah, so it is women at the moment. And, you know, I think it will probably stay that way for Together We Wait. I do think that there is a definite need for support for men and partners in this journey. Um, and that is very much a worthy cause for someone else. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I don't know. Are there any any groups for just men? I know. I don't. I know of of groups for a lot of other things, but not for IVF. No, I'm. I'm not sure. I. I think. Um. There's certainly. You know what? I know of a bit of this great place in Sydney mm. that. Um. Because there's a bit of stigma, isn't there, around. Um. Well, you know, sometimes men feel a little bit more guarded when it comes to talking about their feelings and emotions, with one another. Um and even with you, <laughs> um, mm. but I know there's this group of barbers. There's a barber shop in Sydney and it, it promotes having a con and they're actually trained counsellors as well, the barbers. No way. And Where's go, this? We need to visit. Yeah. I need to know. <laughs> Tell us, please. I'll have to let you know. Yeah. Put it in the show notes because I can't remember the okay. name. Okay. So All right. I'm very curious. I'm writing that down. Barbers. Yeah. Bubbers who talk, bubbers who share. I love it. Yeah. So it you just sit in front of the barber and you have a chat to him, but it promotes like men, like they talk to you sort of about mental health and stuff like that. Um, but I think I th I would love together we wait to one day get into that space. But from a personal perspective, I feel like at the moment. It's the woman's body that's on the process as well throughout this, um, and it's and they're very much in the process. Um, so that's the focus of Together We Wait for now. Okay. Is, and is do I have to be coaching. doing IVF if I wanted to join Together We Wait? What what if I am thinking of doing it but not sure? Can I join, or is it only for people who are actively doing IVF or have been? 
Um, I wouldn't like it to be exclusive. I think if you're having like preconception testing done and starting to kind of, um, you know, explore options of seeing a fertility specialist, I, I, I would, I think I've found that a lot of women have, I've actually got someone um, online at the moment who has only just started and she's been a part of the group since October last year and I think it's been great for her because she's been able to like really gather a lot of information and become this really informed patient mm. almost um, which is what you want right as a specialist Tash is someone who's quite um, quite educated and can advocate for themselves really well um, and I feel like she's she's that now because she's had these conversations with women that have had many experiences um so I would think it would really benefit someone who is looking at going down the path of IVF. Yeah, I love the, the, the pillar of point. curiosity, you know, um people coming yeah. to see me who are curious and I, yeah. what what made you bring that as a, up as a pillar because that's a very interesting pillar to have curiosity. How how does yeah. how do you guys foster that or ladies? How do you ladies foster that? <laughs> Well, some of us are like, well, I am by nature very curious. And I think what I love about children and observing my niece and nephew is that they are such curious beings. And I think as adults, we get that conditioning taken out of us and we accept what is rather than asking but what about this or getting a bit more curious about what's happening, especially when it comes to medicine sometimes um, and also our own bodies and also what's right and wrong for us. So curiosity in IVF is so important because it's about getting curious about what's right or wrong for you, yes, but also getting curious about the process, getting curious about your body, getting curious about what what other help you can seek outside of the process. Um, so, and getting curious about possible solutions to problems, um, and that comes back to to why we ask questions, um, because. I'm I'm not one to just throw out a problem and no one in the community actually is without wanting a solution, wanting to try at least to find a solution. Mm. And when you start to ask questions and get curious, you start to realise actually I've got so many choices mm. here and I've got so many options available to me. Yeah, and I think for a long time medicine has been very patriarchal, you know, that the doctor mm. says this and you must follow, whereas we now know that that's not the case, mm. thankfully. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, always making sure that you go to that doctor with lots of questions. And I love it when patients pull out questions. Yeah. It gets the conversation going. and uh, Yeah, and it makes it a joint decision-making mm. process too, right? And it also makes it interesting, I say, for me as a doctor, because I'm very curious mm. as well and I'm – I had a patient yesterday come and see me who has uh, porphyria, a very rare metabolic inherited disorder, and I've never met anyone with this condition. Yeah, I've read about it 
you know, over the years in textbooks. And to meet her, I was like, wow, I kept asking her more questions than she was asking of me. And yeah. um, I yeah, think, uh, yeah, curiosity, champion that. So I love the fact yeah. that that is your first pillar. And then you had your second pillar, which I love also, compassion, self-compassion. Can you talk mm. more on that? Um, yeah, definitely. And this is something, you know, I think everyone needs to adopt and embrace. I think that you can only really feel compassion for others when, you, when you're compassionate towards yourself. And in IVF, there is so much, there is so much going on and so much seeking and so much, um, you know, there's a real disruption to your everyday life and things are stressful at times and compassionate practices and being compassionate towards yourself is so critical um, and it's really the foundation of not only surviving IVF but thriving through mm, it. Mm. Um, so we, you know, I would always, everyone I've met through Together We Wait has been so compassionate every woman um, towards others. But I think that sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we forget to be compassionate towards ourselves. Um, so we encourage that compassion. And, and that's through kind of, that's through where, through making those connections and meeting up with one another and, and making time to talk to one another understanding where people are coming from, sending, you know, those kind messages when you know someone's going to have a transfer or um, has had a or is in the two-week wait. Um, so it's lots of little compassionate practices like checking in with one another and things like that that we do online within the community, which is nice. And I like what you said before about allowing yourself what that woman suggested earlier um, when we were talking about a solution to, you know, how do you deal with the, um, you know, being around other people who are pregnant and when you're not, but being mm. able to in parallel feel joy and sadness at the same time and understanding who you're feeling the joy for and who you're feeling sad for and often that, that is you and that that is good to be able to acknowledge that. but And also, as you said earlier, saying no to things I think is a big form of self-compassion, you know, yeah. to say no as often as you say yes because women are yeah. real yes people. We're, we're just yes oh, people generally, aren't we? And Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So having those really healthy boundaries I think is so important um, to, protect, to protect your energy, which is often a little depleted. Um, and I think, yeah, I agree. I was listening to an ABC podcast the other day about, um, saying no, saying no. I think it was, um, it was such a, it had really good takeaways around, you know, um, setting some, um, like it was little tools around how to say no in a really nice way. Mm. Or even as simple you. as um, I'll have a think about it and I'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah, opposed exactly. to saying yes oh. straight away. I'll have a look at yeah. my diary and I'll think about it. 
I'll get back yeah, to you. And, then, and another thing that I did with my friends, um, I wouldn't, for example, I wouldn't attend the big baby showers, mm. but I would say to them, can we catch up for a coffee on our own? Mm. Just because I felt so, I felt a bit ostracised already mm. um, and I felt that that would just be really fake and pretend for me to be there and and pretend to be, whereas one-on-one with them it was easier and it was also nice because I got to talk to them and, yeah, share their joy and then share my sadness in a really personal, private space. And and that friend probably got more out of that as well. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of connections, how do you connect people through Together We Wait? So in terms of connecting them, so they connect, they're starting to connect organically now online. So the great thing about the Mighty Network app is they can actually organise their own meetups with one another. So they schedule in a meetup, they put in the location, the date, the time, the, and they just go there and meet, which is really nice. And and it sort of comes about organically now and naturally um, as they're starting to get to know one another. So the app is the main place where, where they connect and um, you can find that on our website and access to that on our website. So that's how they primarily connect. And then... Ordinary, in ordinary times, I would organise a quarterly in-person gathering where it would be focused on a particular topic such as like acupuncture in IVF or diet in IVF and I'd have someone come along and speak to them for about 30 minutes and then afterwards we would have a discussion and connect and catch up in that way and that way it was more, um, you know, it was a bit more of that, cl- that clarity pillar as well as connection and discussing um, things. But, yeah, so essentially it's mainly on the app now and um, I am running webinars in place of those quarterly catch-ups. And is the app a bit like a meet-up a meet app? What's, what was the name, Marty? Mighty Network. Mighty Network's great. Yeah. Okay. It's Excellent. a US-based app. Um and it's so amazing. Like I can run, we can run polls on there. Um, so, so yeah. And there's a bit of structure to the to the platform that I facilitate at the moment. But I'm hoping that it will kind of grow, grow, and um, I'll be able to um, like hand over facilitation to particular community members as it evolves but at the moment so like for example on a Monday um, the weekly goal will go out which is usually set on a Sunday um, via a poll and the weekly goal is about um, you know it's usually about solving a problem or discussing an issue or um, kind of coming together to find um, some some form of um, clarity per se and then so then on Wednesdays it's weekly check-ins so tonight at eight o'clock I'm online and they can either chat with me sometimes I'll run a group meditation um and then on Fridays uh, it will be more of a resource discussion but sometimes people post up questions and we get more 
detailed in terms of the weekly goals. So that relates back to the weekly goal. And then on Sunday evening, I do a weekly recap of what's happened in the week <laughs> and positive takeaways. And then I run the poll for the next week's kind of focus. It's a lot of work. It is. It's actually not. It's so easy. <laughs> You've gotten into your groove now, obviously, which is great. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, a, it was a bit of a, a lot of work to start with, um, but now it seems to be set up. And, you know, like anything, you start, it's kind of you just pivot and see what's working and what's mm. not. Yeah. And tell me, I'm I'm sure there's lots of discussion around IVF clinics and doctors within your forums, I'm assuming, but for our listeners and for the doctors maybe listening and for me, what can IVF doctors and clinics do better for their IVF patients? And do you know what, Tash? It's funny that you say that. There's actually no discussion about IVF doctors and clinics. Oh, okay. um, Which, oh, there's a little bit, but not as much as I thought there would be. I think that the women in the community are a bit hesitant mm. about discussing that online. Um, a lot of them, I, so I did member surveys before I started this, like phone calls, and a lot of them talked to me, a lot of my questions were focused around the IVF process. Mm. And um, so I have collected data on that from women and I also find that they come to me and call me about certain things separately. So it's interesting how, like how they approach that side of things from a, I guess it's quite private and mm. confidential. Um, but in terms of what IVF doctors can do better, and this isn't every doctor, but as a general rule of thumb, just like best pra- practice would be um, to, to, to really infuse that compassionate pillar in terms of IVF patient-centred care. So mm. I found that, like, one lady that I interviewed actually, um, she, she referred to the process as feeling like her uterus is on a conveyor belt. Oh, wow. Um, mm. Yeah, and I think that speaks to a lot about really – acknowledging um, specialists and clinics acknowledging that in front of them is a human being mm. at the end of the day and um, and it just reiterates the importance of, of building a rapport with your patient taking time like I, I know a lot of women have said you know oh my specialist is completely unprepared for my appointment so just you know taking time to prepare for an appointment, read the history, find solutions, um, give them options, listen to their story, pretty much exactly what you do, Tash. <laughs> you could mirror that. Okay. Yeah, I think solutions and options. Options, one of my bosses, who his name is Dr. Wally Birrell, he always used to say to me, your job as a doctor is to offer people options and it's up to them to make a consented, mm. informed decision about what they want. And mm-hmm. I'll always remember that. And, you know, even if an option is kind of, you know, kind of a bit out there, but if it's discussed yeah. and it's out there in the community and some people are having it as a treatment, then it is my job to actually bring it up as an option. And then I yeah. will go into detail about why I think it maybe is not a great option or why it is. Yeah. Uh, options, 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 super important and solutions because, hey, we all want solutions. 
Exactly. And I think, um, you know, I think that's what I loved about your, um, what distinguished your care was that you got creative with your options and it felt like you really knew the, you knew, you thought outside the box of, of just the general run of the mill. Mm. Yeah. And I think as a clinician, that's important too. Yeah, yeah, like to be up to date with your research, to be up to date with your with testing and stuff like that. Um, but even to seek so, things that are not really conventional, because uh, yeah. that's how changes in medicine are made. When you are when you are you know those clinicians out there that have made big kind yeah. of leaps and bounds in medicine have been the curious ones, haven't yeah, they? They've been the exactly. ones that have gone. Mm, I don't know. I think there might be something in this, and mm-hmm. asking those questions and not to be scared. Yeah, and you know, uh, observing over the years, the women that have been through ten cycles of IVF, five years of trying to conceive, are the ones brave enough to take those chances, you know. And I think, and have had babies, you know, mm. after all mm. of that. Mm. So I think, um, you know, it goes twofolds in a way. So if you don't put it out there, you're never going to know. Um, and if you do, if you don't ask the questions, yeah, true. So how true. how can women find joy in IVF? That's another thing I found interesting about reading around. Together we wait, joy, yeah. and IVF. I, I when I read that for the first time, <laughs> I thought, well, how does someone find joy in IVF? But I think, yeah, if you maintain a curiosity, like yeah. if, if if an embryologist puts a picture up of your embryo, be curious mm-hmm. about the embryo. Ask lots of questions about it. You know, how how big is the embryo? You know, um, is it a boy or a girl? How can you tell? Uh, And I love it when people ask questions like that because it does bring out this joyful element of the whole process, the creative aspect of it, as you mentioned earlier. But can you, can you, you know, extend on that a little bit for us? Joy in IVF. So I think that the, the joy in IVF, I think for me, for me personally and for the Together We Wait community, I, th- I agree with you in that respect. I think that there's so many joyful moments along the way within the, the process of IVF that you should cherish because it is an amazing thing to be able to see and to have and it's an amazing option to have available to you. Um, and I remember feeling when when my ex-husband and I were told that IVF was was the way forward for us, I felt joy that I knew I had some answers, one, and I had a path to follow that could possibly get me closer to being a mum. But in terms of joy in IVF for Together We Wait, I think it's very much about not not losing yourself and your life and what brings you joy in the process so it's about thinking about the other branches of life outside of the IVF process whilst you're in it mm. <laughs> you know what I mean I, I think that's a roundabout way of saying you know joining the IVF community connecting with other women who get it doing things that you love to do 
and it goes back to protect things that we've already discussed, like protecting your energy. Um, I love this. And another um, thing that came up and comes up a lot in IVF is embracing your inner child and spending time with children that are already in your life. Um, I think that sometimes when we're faced with challenging times in our lives, we tend to naturally focus and on lack. But when we transform that lack into what we can be, what we have now to be grateful for, I think that that re-scripts and reframes the whole narrative of what we're going through. Mm. And and sometimes I know that that can can be seen. And sometimes it's not helpful either. Sometimes it can be positive, toxic positivity. But what I'm saying is there's always a lesson to be learned. There's always something to be gained in every challenge and obstacle. And I think that the joy that I found in IVF is together we wait because I have found a purpose for what was a painful period of time in my life. And now I have seen every week I get to hear these words, I'm pregnant. Mm. But also in contradictory, in reverse to that, I also hear I'm not pregnant. And uh, that those words are followed by me listening to that person, empathising with them, providing them with support, which is then followed by a thank you. Mm. I, I, I feel so much better now or I feel much more grounded than I did yesterday or I'm coping a little bit better. And that to me is true joy is being able to help someone who needs you and to feel joy for someone who's had something beautiful happen in their life um so it's multifaceted joy in IVF I think it's about remembering that joy can be found even in the darkest of places Mm. sometimes and also learning new things about yourself as you're going through the process, even if it's not a positive exactly. outcome. And for, exactly. for many people, um, it just a failed IVF cycle enables them to, to move on to the next step, which then can still eventuate into a family. You know, I've had a lot of exactly. patients go through and not get pregnant with their own mm-hmm. eggs, but seek donor egg and have kids that yeah. way. And others who realize, no, you know, I'm, we're not going to go down that path. Um, and also the, the, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, in actually going through the process, we do have this compassion for ourselves that maybe we don't have ever never seen. Maybe, you know, maybe it forces you to be compassionate, to be able to start saying no to things. Um, so that's a, that's a lesson, like mm. a lesson in strength and boundaries and, um, that that can serve you going forward in the future. Um, so even though I have to think, even though you may not be able to see see it now, accepting and surrendering that one day you'll be able to understand the why um, in it all, because I believe that to be true. And earlier you mentioned 
embracing your inner child and connecting with the child with the children in your life when when you said that did you mean actual physical kids like nieces or nephews or other children or the inner child within yourself or both I think both yeah I think both but I think from my experience what helps me do that is spending time with the children that are in my life Mm. um but also you know Yes, because I think children, I know my niece and nephew, they just make me feel like I have no choice but to be super present when I'm with them. How old are they? They're five and two. Oh, cute. They are adorable. But especially like Millie, the two-year-old, is just full on all the time and doesn't stop. So you just have to be present because you're just wondering, I wonder what she's doing right now and what will happen. but it's, you know, I think it's just so important to be present and to connect with with that free-spirited person that you are that was unattached to outcomes and the striving and the doing. And I think that when in IVF, when you connect to that place and 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 start to protect that in it that little person that you were once that child you start to make decisions in the process that are based on what's best for you now mm. yeah you which remind me mean, of um sorry go yeah, for it sorry which could mean you know saying i'm going to have a little break until i try again mm. yeah a big, long, extended holiday sometimes too. Yep. You reminded me earlier of uh, my nieces. Uh, one day, a few weeks ago, I went back to mum and dad's house for dinner after a day of work and my little niece was there and she's about eight or nine. And she mm. asked me, how was work today? And I said, it was great. And she goes, did you make babies? And I said, well, I tried to. (laughs) And she goes, how how do you make babies in the lab? She asked me. And I just got my iPhone out and just showed her lots of photos of embryos. And her curiosity and the questions she was asking was just so delightful. And uh, yeah, it was the cutest thing ever. She goes, oh, show me more. Have you got more photos? And then I'd show her some pictures of some babies that have been sent to me that have, you know, come from embryos transferred. And she was, oh, she's so cute or he's so cute. And it was just (laughs) such a gorgeous conversation I had with her. Um, it's so beautiful and yeah. it's so unfiltered and they just say what they think <laughs> and what they <laughs> want to know and it's, yeah, I love it. I love those conversations with them. And they have no qualms about saying no, kids. They'll say no when they want it and when they mean it and that's what exactly. we need to get better at. Yeah, and we still love them when they do mm. so there, there's no real repercussions there. Can you share any feel-good stories or any not-so-feel-good stories for us um, so that we can learn a little something today? Yeah. It'll be yeah, more. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess, you know, there's there's not-so-good stories in everyone's journey and everyone's IVF journeys are unique. Actually, I often share um, – I share this story of, I share many stories, but one, the one that I'll share with you today is around, well, actually I'll share two with you and then I'll sort of conclude with 
someone who's really inspired me throughout Together We Wait. And, um, you know, that's not such a positive story, but she, my goodness, is such an amazing woman. Mm. So um, the first story is the one around connection, and this will show you just how important it, it is to share your story and to connect with other women in IVF and what what the impact could possibly be in doing that. So I organised a Together We Ate meetup. I think it was it was just after I had separated from my husband. It was probably in August 2018, let's say. And I had another I had a lady that I knew who I had connected with in 2016 and she came along to the meetup and she had actually had a baby via egg donor. And I had another lady come along who was um, in the, who was, she had never been to a meetup and had been on the trajectory of IVF for many, many years, had been through, I think, about 13 cycles. And she really just Tash needed to talk to someone. And I remember she spoke a lot at that meetup and the lady who I had there who had been through egg, who had had the child through egg donor, shared her story. Mm. And the other lady said, well, actually, my husband and, now, and I are now at the point where we're considering egg donor. However, he's not completely on board. Um, and then she left that meetup and after, after my friend who I met back in 2016 shared her story, and um, I had a, I had also mentioned to her at that meetup that I had known someone through Together We Wait who had a, who had had a baby via egg donor in Hawaii, and she messaged me in the December that year just randomly and said, "Could you please, by any chance, connect me with this lady who's had the baby?" In who had the baby by egg donor in Hawaii, and I said, oh, "Yeah, sure." It's just a matter of giving numbers out, right, and seeing whether she'd be happy to talk to you. So I connected them both, and um, they grew a friendship, and um, were um, one of the the lady who had had the baby in Hawaii was such a great support, and then the other lady went to Hawaii and fell pregnant. And, and now has um, twins. So as a result of that, so that was like a threefold kind of sharing of the story that kind of changed the trajectory for someone. So Great things happen in Hawaii. <clears throat> they really do. Yeah. I've, I've sent a lot of people to Hawaii and uh, they've all come back pregnant. Amazing. Yep. And unfortunately now the borders are closed and we can't do that. Mm. But the fact that, you know, it it opened her up after 13 IVF cycles, that man, she's had a good go at it, good honour, and now she's got twins. Yeah, she was just about to turn 40. Um, And then um, 
the next story is about Jess, actually. I just shared a post with me, allowed me to share this, her story, actually, on Together We Wait. And she came to, actually, she came, Marnie met her and had a one-on-one with her. Um, and that was in 2018. And she was just about to start another IVF cycle at that stage. She had started the cycle and then she came to a meetup and the meetup, in, the in-person meetup for Together You Wait was one of the biggest we'd ever had. How many it people? Probably, it was 10 people, which is a lot because mm. we go around and share our stories and, you know, it's only an hour. Mm. <laughs> it was like. And you got 10 women who talk, not yeah. 10 men, yeah. <laughs> 10 women. <laughs> I, know. I know. So she was at that meetup and. She was the last person at the table to share her story, Taj. And we went around and she sat there the whole time. And Marnie was there as well. So they had known one another. And I think Marnie sat near her. So, I th- yeah, actually, upon reflection, I think Marnie actually knew what was happening with her. But she had actually um, sadly had a miscarriage and was in real time in that space and um you mean actively going through the miscarriage when she was there yeah um and she was so vulnerable and open-hearted and shared her bravely shared her story and she was so and she was received with so much love and compassion and care and um, she came back actually to another meetup in October after that, and um, it was the smaller one. And her and I got chatting, and I was just I checked in on her and you know wanted to know how she was going. And she said that she had had a bit of a break, and I think it had been about three months because I often um, I always refer women in together we wait to pink elephant support network Mm. when when they're experiencing a miscarriage because the work that um gabby and sam do in that network is absolutely amazing yeah i interviewed sam for that podcast uh podcast they helped months ago yeah Mm. so jess was so grateful for their support and also um for together we wait and and she said that she was thinking about going through another IVF cycle and she just said to me, she looked at me and she said, I just don't know if I have one, if I have the courage, if I'm brave enough to do it. And I said to her, you had the courage to come to a meter, sit there and share your feelings and, and honour yourself and be brave. And I said to her, you have the courage to do anything. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she did. She went through IVF and she had a little girl. Oh, great. And their picture's actually up on our website, so go and have a look. Oh, will. adorable. Um, and she said to me, you know, together we wait and your words that day really inspired me to try again. That's a and great I'm story. So, I'm so glad I did. And I'm so glad she did too. Um, so, yeah, that's. That's a story. And then my final story, sorry, I feel like I'm going on forever, but my final story is about a dear friend um, who is who I met through Together We Wait, who 
has been through so much in her IVF journey, which I won't go into detail for privacy reasons. And she does not have a child. And she is the most resilient, strong woman I have ever met. And we all want to meet her. Me, everyone <laughs> listening right now, I want to meet this woman. <laughs> no, she needs to um, she needs to tell her story because I feel like we always hear the stories of of the pregnancies, but we don't always hear the stories of the I'm going to stop now mm. and I'm going to live my life how it is. And with that will come grief an immense amount of grief, yes, Um, but also I think a little freedom from the process and honouring that you have to accept where you're at. Do you think she'll ever come out and talk about her story? Um, I don't know. I I would hope so one day, Um, but that will come in time, I think, for her. But, um. Yeah, Sounds like you I might think. even want to write that story one day. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but, you know, she has the most beautiful relationship with her partner. They've been through so much together and her and I often have this conversation when she's going, like before she was going through a round of IBS and stuff, I would be like, oh, my God, you guys are just going to be the most solid parents ever. Like. But even that, even even the fact that they're solid together with our kids that that way is, is really amazing, isn't it? I mean, oh, how difficult is it for 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 couples to survive? Through, yeah, IVF. Yeah, from what I've seen, all they've been through mm. incredible Tash, incredible amount of strength, and you know she's she's got a high pressure job. You know she is you know, in a management position quite high up in a company in a hard industry and she has just shown up every day with a group for herself and for her her life with grace, humility, strength and courage. And she she's amazing. She's an incredible person. I hope one day she she does share her story. I really do. Mm, it sounds like you you've got a, you've gathered a lot of strength from just knowing her. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank and you for sharing those have. stories. You're welcome. Thank you. Um what other events have you got coming up? I saw on your website Sally Goal, is that right? Is that still happening? And a webinar? Um yeah, so there's a webinar on um acupuncture in IVF, which is Sally Goal is going to deliver that. She's a practitioner who's been behind Together We Wait for, for a very long time, referred a lot of her patients to us. And, um, yeah, we're going to get curious about the benefits of acupuncture in IVF, which is cool. I, I always, I've always, I'm a firm believer in Chinese medicine. It's ancient and incredible and I've always, always um, seen an acupuncturist throughout my journey and I do now to this day. So it'll be interesting to hear a bit more about that and see what the views of the community are around that. And is that in August? That's 
on oh I think it's on the 15th of August okay yeah. great yeah I, I'm with you on on acupuncture Chinese medicine it's incredibly yeah. powerful stuff and it really uh, is. yeah it's a nice way to support yourself mm, that's right um, excellent get that chi aligned yeah and then I I think we can talk about um, the event on the 10th of October now. Oh, yes. October's not too far away. Let's talk about that. I know. Let's talk about it. And the panel's confirmed now, which is cool. Who's on the panel? So yourself. Yay. (laughs) Yay. And um, Dr. Amanda no, she's going to kill me because I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce her surname, but um, she's the founder of uh, Angie R, which is a clinic in Melbourne who is a holistic kind of acupuncture um, fertility clinic. They do yoga as well and lots of different things. Um, but she's a doctor in Chinese medicine, Amanda, and she's amazing. You've got to look up Angie R which is A-N-G-E-A, they're cool. They're transforming the way women view their bodies, how they take care of themselves from a fertility perspective and beyond. Um, So Amanda's going to be on the panel and it's going to be moderated by Gabrielle Jackson. No way. Yeah. Gabrielle Jackson, I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be coming to the next Dr. Tash Book Club, which is the first Thursday in August. Um, Her Pain and Prejudice book Mm. is our feature book, and I'm hoping that she will join us. It may need to be a Zoom event depending on how things go with Mm. COVID, but at the moment we're hoping to have it at Leichhardt Family Daycare Centre. So please oh, come cool. to that. Um, but yeah, yeah Gabrielle cool. Jackson, I loved, fantastic. I listening to her book. Yeah, she's incredible. And so I was actually originally going to have a Together We Wait member on the panel, but I'm thinking given the confidentiality, because we're discussing, sorry, I haven't actually even said what it's about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're discussing all the tests, getting a grip on all the tests all the fertility tests and I think that given the you know confidentiality confidential nature of fertility tests having someone talk about the tests that they've had publicly is probably not ideal so the questions will actually be formed for the panel from the community lovely yeah I look forward to hearing those questions yeah, we're going to have a prep session beforehand, which will be cool. Now, if anyone's listening to this podcast and they're not part of the community, can they still contact mm. you and ask you for questions that they can put to the panel and yeah. hear the answers in other ways? For sure. So um, they can slide into my DMs on Insta at Together We Wait, or they can drop me an email kit@togetherwewait.com.au um and yeah I'd be more than happy to feed their questions to the panel awesome I look forward to that event Me it's too. only like 2 months away isn't it I know it'll be published more no. details will be published Three months on away. our socials mm. yeah now could I ask you some getting to know questions getting to yeah, know sure. you kit peters 
which people have been your biggest inspirations? Well, I think, you know, in in my life overall, my mum and dad, definitely. Um, my biggest inspirations in terms of um, what keeps me going in Together We Wait, I actually, uh, a lady sent through a video testimonial yesterday and um, I I told my family about it um, and in a group chat, as you do, because you've got like many different family group chats. Mm-hmm. But this family group chat consisted of my mum, my sister, a friend of ours who I've known my entire life, who's like my sister, and my aunties and my grandma. So for Together We Wait, premise is around empowering women in IVF. And who empowers me is are those those women in my life. I am so goddamn lucky to be surrounded by the most amazing women ever. Like my mum is just the most caring, loving individual. And she is so she's just all about her family. What's and your mum's name? Michelle. Michelle. Does she have a middle name? Um, Marie. Oh, there you go. Mm. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm really lucky. I'm so fortunate. And my mum, my mum and I have a beautiful relationship now. I mean, I was a horrible teenager. Um, <laughs> and her and my sister were probably a bit closer. Mm. But um, now I just would. Like I talk to her every day. <laughs> yeah, that's special. Again, I go back to Wally Birrell, my boss from years ago. He said to me once, make sure you call your mother every day and tell her you love her. Yeah. And that's uh, how we end our phone call. Yeah, that's just beautiful. I yeah. love my mum too. She's yeah. she's special. It's nice to be connected to your mum, isn't it? In that way. Because yeah. I know that a lot of people well, not a lot, but there are people who are not connected to their mums and I, I do feel for them because it's a yeah, pretty yeah, special that's connection. Right. That's right. It's so important. And there's there's a lot of people who don't have their mums in their lives anymore that probably wish that they could give them a mm. call and tell them mm. that they love them. Yeah. And they so probably I have lots of conversations in their heads about what would mum say. Um, yeah. Mum would say this. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know. Yeah. They live on in our in our minds, in our memories, in our hearts. That's right. That's right. Favorite books? Oh gosh, I'm an avid reader, um, so this is hard to answer. But I think my my most like from a <laughs> let's put it into categories <laughs> spiritually, <laughs> The Alchemist by Paul Coelho mm-hmm. um, is one of the most um, beautiful books about trusting trusting your journey and your path is for you even in the moments where you feel lost um, and then there's a book that changed my life that I actually read when I was 13 and it was just so transformative and made me see a different perspective on the world and and women's experience was Desert Flower by Waris Deary. Um, and then recently, actually, 
I have read and loved a book called The Choice by Edith Eger. Hmm. The Choice, okay. Edith Eger. So Edith, yeah, like Edith was an Auschwitz survivor and now a psychologist. And um, it's like it's like reading. Uh, uh, it's just it's a be- it's horrific sheds light on what happened at Auschwitz um, in terms of um, like just horrific but her her mental processes that got her through that period of time in her life incredible and eye-opening and amazing and how she's now been able to use that in her practice as a psychologist to help people through trauma so yeah it's really interesting read and do you talk much about books in your Together We Wait meetups? Um, sometimes, yeah, they do come up, um, but not not off not often. I wouldn't say it would be nice to have a book club. I did float the idea out there online, mm. but a lot of them were like. I don't know if I've got time. (laughs) God, there's always time for (laughs) books. How can people say that? (laughs) Now with audio especially. I'm like, that's probably true. You don't. Upon reflection of that period (laughs) of time in my life when I was getting up, going to the blood tests early in the morning and then pulling my ass to work and working a whole day and then being up all Mm. night worrying about things. Time's probably, yeah, time to read a book's probably not a priority. But, yeah, um, maybe one day let's – I'll try and encourage that. I mean, they could listen to audio books. There is also a thing called bibliotherapy. Have you ever heard of that? No. Yeah, so I'm having my first bibliotherapy session with a bibliotherapist next month, I think. What is this? <laughs> well, it's basically getting therapy through reading books. So you're given a prescription for a book. You you answer a lot of questions and uh, I love it. And they'll say, okay, I think you've got a bit of anxiety or you're worried about this. We recommend that you read these books. Isn't that amazing? That such a great idea. Yes. So I, I will come back to you with my experience on yeah. bibliotherapy, but I think more of us need to have some bibliotherapy in our lives, mm-hmm. um, along with song therapy and music therapy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the bibliotherapy, I feel like I do that myself. Like mm. if I'm feeling a bit anxious, I'll be like, I think I really need to read a uh, non-fiction, mm. light-hearted love story. Yeah, or some poetry. <laughs> yeah, some poetry. <laughs> yeah, poetry, man. Yeah. I love poetry. <laughs> How about yeah. songs that make you happy, Kit? Um, oh, Can't Eat, Jamiroquai. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> One of the best songs to dance to. <laughs> yeah, Jamiroquai. Um, and then I love, I, I'm an R&B girl, so I love a bit of R&B, Super Club Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know, recently, and my girlfriend teased me about this all the time, that I, I love Justin Bieber's Yummy. Oh, I love and Justin I, Bieber. I've really gotten into him the last same. year. Yay. Same. And um, I actually listened to that whilst I bake, so it's Totally appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and your dream collaboration, do you have one? 
Yeah, I do actually. I think I work in a really collaborative work environment. Um, and my dream collaboration for Together We Wait would be to, I don't know if you've ever heard of Kind Body. No. It's, um, it's a Tell New us. York based fertility clinic, actually. Look them up. Mm. But they have such an interesting approach to fertility. So they provide IVF treatment. Um, but I think their target market's mostly around egg freezing and single women, which is a big thing mm. in New York City. Mm. Um, and 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 sperm donor and going through that process alone and that's a single person. And um but with their clinic, they provide fertility nutrition, coaching. It is like this holistic one-stop kind of fertility. Mm. So I actually, I it's it's a real. I think it would be such a dream collaboration. It's something that I think um, would be so fantastic to see to come come to life one day in Australia. An approach like that from a clinic, um, and then my next one would be more local in terms of um, partnering potentially with Modi. Modi body um, to deliver education to women about their periods as it relates to fertility in particular. Mm. Go Modi body. My first episode oh, of this show was with the CEO of Modi body, actually. You no, know, I listened to that. So, yeah. Episode. Very inspiring um, woman. Amazing. And she makes it sound so easy what she's done. <laughs> <laughs> And you know it wouldn't be. Yeah. Just to get, but I mean, the concept is just, and the product is just so easy to use. Mm. And you use Modi Body, I assume. You wear their underwear. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm, I'm, I've just actually just recently purchased them, and I will never go back now. No, I can't. I, is, I look forward to my periods now. Yeah, and it's just like you don't, you know what? For me. It's like I don't have to go out and buy tampons and pads. Mm. It's time. It saves me yep. time. Yep. I love bringing um, them out and showing them to people in my office. They'll, and they'll go, oh, wow, <laughs> this is it. This has a pad in it. How much blood does it contain? How many times do you have to change it? I think it's what? so interesting. Isn't it? All of it. Mm. So science, gosh. So Modi Body and Kind Body, everybody. I <laughs> know, lots of bodies. <laughs> lots of bodies. <laughs> And my last question is, mm. what are your top tips for surviving, but not just surviving, actually thriving through fertility mm. treatment, even if you don't come out the other end with a baby? Okay. So my top tip, and um, well, I think it's my number one rule is to always remember that you exist first and foremost. Um, and try not to lose yourself and your inner peace in the pursuit of creating another life. Wow, that's because, powerful. Yeah, I actually went to this um, breathwork thing <laughs> before COVID-19 hit and it was a room full of people and we're all just breathing in pure <laughs> oxygen the entire day. <laughs> Sigh, memories. Oh, God. So the lady actually who was facilitating it said there's been some research that what 
it's what humans enjoy the most is not the destination when they get there it's the anticipation of arriving and I think that that's that's nice to apply to something when you've got a goal that you can actually control whereas creating a life is a bit outside of your control um you know science helps in a way Mm. but there's there's a lot still that's left up to a higher power Mm. and I think the second part of that still applies. You must enjoy the journey because what otherwise what's the point? Mm. So care for the life that's here and now is my number one tip. So look after numero uno. Yes. And don't feel guilty about it either. Damn straight. Mm. I've loved chatting with you, Kit. Thank you so much. I've learned so much today. Thanks. Me too, Tash. Thanks so much for having me on. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Kit Peters. Share this episode with someone if you think it will help them. To find out more about the Together We Wait community and claim your free gift, Seven Ways to Inner Peace in IVF 7. Seven ways. That always comes up, that number seven. Seven ways to inner peace in IVF. Visit togetherwewait.com.au. Please subscribe to the Fanny Mechanic channel and if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash Fanny Mechanic and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear, cool people like an interview or books for us to share and read. Until next time, stay fanny-tabulous.